0: Hey y'all, welcome to Life Not Wasted, a podcast hosted by Amanda Hill and Molly Eiler. We're two friends from Texas who got sober in our 20s and are now trying to figure life out in our 30s. So grab your booze-free beverage of choice and join us each week for candid conversations about sobriety, spirituality, and how to live a life not wasted. Okay, let's just try it.
1: Do I need to be louder, softer?
0: I have no idea. Okay, great. That's the thing, is I've... I got no clue. The thing is, I've got no idea what I'm doing. No. Mm -mm. And so even after like I was thinking about it, it will – we're coming up on one year before we – when we started these conversations. Because I remember I was doing my makeup the other day and I looked up and on my stupid mirror – December. It is still December 8th. And (laughs) for those of you who are new listening, last year I was trying to do more self-care and which is ironic because that's kind of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was struggling to keep myself accountable and working out. So I wrote it on my mirror. And then like three months later, <laughs> realized that I still hadn't worked out, but I had this December 8th on my it's mirror. It's like haunting
1: you. It's like, haunting you. Remember me. that one time. <laughs> and
0: and my mirror, we, we live in such a small place that like where I get ready is right in front of the mirror that I would work out in front of. <laughs> and so my weights are all next to me oh my, my like, yoga mat is right next to me don't ask me how many times i've used the weights i was gonna say collecting there. dust they're there just like these 35 pounders I in the mean, living room from bobby that are just there
1: they look intimidating it's
0: part of the decor <laughs> we're a very intimidating household. we need weights in every room no, I don't remember the last time Bobby just has when, used those.
1: If the if the urge to do a deadlift,
0: we can <laughs> arises, if we want. Like we're here. If we're you want to reach over and pull your back out trying to get that thirty five weight, okay. we can.
1: The irony because I pulled my back out a few weeks ago and I did not. You did? Yes, and I did not realize that I was this old.
0: How did you pull your back out? So
1: I had just done a workout. So if you're listening. I mentioned a few episodes ago how much I love SoulCycle and I do love SoulCycle, but I've recently gotten really into orange theory because the the psycho in me really loves to see like all the stats and you know I, I just really love it. But you you do like a little bit of stretching at the end, but something we had done I can't even remember. It's kind of a blur what we did that day.
0: Please tell me you pulled your back out stretching.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: how why
1: i came back the next what? day i came back <laughs> to my house and i was stretching because we didn't do more much. stretching yeah because i think we had done i have really really tight hamstrings Like cannot touch my toes tight hamstrings oh my gosh really like i mean like molly's trying ha- to <gasps> this hurts Like this hurts my hamstrings. Just Molly,
0: you are sitting up straight. I know. You are not even bent over. No,
1: I can't do it. I can't do it. It hurts.
0: I want to bend over and touch my toes so bad just to be like, look what I can do better. I
1: was the least flexible cheerleader.
0: At least you were a cheerleader. I was not.
1: Anyway, I came home and I was probably trying to do something to stretch my hamstrings or my hip flexors. And I turned a certain way, could not move for like four hours. I had to like- What did
0: you do? I would have panicked. I just
1: laid on the ground.
0: And take I medicine like a for a problem everything
1: but i didn't realize i was that old <laughs>
0: i think we're just fragile we're resilient but also i think we're really fragile
1: we're, we're we're physically fragile and let's be really honest we're a little emotionally fragile
0: at least in the last few months it's
1: been okay so dear reader dear listener <laughs> i think the last time i was here at amanda's house I walked in. Amanda did not say hi to me.
0: It's part of the intimidation factor. We've got weights. We're not saying hi. She marches
1: me back all the way to the office, which is the back of their house. We sit down, and she just starts aggressively messing with all of the equipment. I could see the frustration and the the sadness building in her. And at one point, she looks at me and she's like, "I'll say hi to you in a minute." <laughs> like, okay, cool. I'm just here. I'm just here. We were
0: trying to get the recording We were really trying to get the recording set up. Because last time I messed it up and I was trying really hard not to mess it up again.
1: I mean, that on top of everything else. So we were all, and finally we were all set up to record and Amanda just looks at me and she's like, hi. Yeah. And- Y'all, we sat there for like 45 minutes an hour and we both cried. Yeah. And if you've been listening for any amount of time, you know that one of us does that and one of us doesn't, (laughs) but we did. And it was, I think it was exactly what we needed. And I had just listened back to a couple episodes from early on in the podcast and I heard the energy and the life in our voices and I couldn't hear it that day. And I was like, I don't want to do this if we're not going to be like...
0: Yeah. And there's a there's a difference, I think, what you were rightly calling out, which you did the first time we took a little hiatus of... I think there's a difference between kind of where we are today of, yeah, things are really hard, but yeah. we're still able to find joy yes. versus where we are there, where it was like, no, we're, we are grieving yes. and we are in the thick of it. And... It was almost like a, we would be recording something in opposition of taking care of ourselves.
1: Yeah, and, and there's something to be said for authenticity and and talking about the hard stuff and being real and raw in that moment. But I think it was so raw and the details that we were sharing with each other were a little bit to quote Glennon, those were open wounds. They were not even starting to scar. We hadn't even bandaged them yet. Like they were, like our hearts had just been ripped open. Yeah. And so um, we needed that like off the record honesty that we can give each other as friends. And now at this point, I mean, we're still in it, but we've processed it better. And yeah. as a counselor, I've learned that like, If I haven't processed my own stuff, I can't bring it to, you know.
0: You can't be there for someone else when you're completely full.
1: Right. So I, you know, we've processed it and I think it would be really good today to share a little bit about like how we processed it and dealt with it while I'm still sober. You still
0: sober? still sober. Still sober. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a great idea because it feels like there's something in the water right now And it is a hard season for a lot of people. And there's so much that's compounding right now. But I think I'm finally coming out of the grief of how lonely the wedding process was. Mm -hmm. I don't like being center of attention Mm -hmm. in that way. It was extremely uncomfortable for me to have everyone looking at me saying, Are you happy? Are you Mm -hmm. happy? Are you happy? Isn't this amazing? Isn't this amazing? Um, because I was still really hurt that a quarter of our guests dropped out, yeah. and I know that you know you can look at it and say, but seventy five percent of them, but it was, it was, family members and yeah. best friends that mm-hmm. were it, I was very impacted that they weren't there, like several bridesmaids and Bobby's bride. Bobby didn't have bridesmaids. Bobby's groomsmen. Mm-hmm weren't there. And that was extremely hard for us. And um, then to feel like you're on display Mm -hmm. through the whole process without the redemptive experience of there being an actual wedding. Right. Because I think a lot of times it's like, I remember when we actually got married in September of 2020, there was this, oh my gosh, we just got married. Like It was just a general excitement and it was so fun. And we, I mean, obviously we Played to our strengths there and got married totally. in, in the backyard with just family. And then we were over by nine. Yeah. But now to have that party and not have the redemptive, yeah. like natural high of getting married. Yeah. There was no, it was, there was no buzz. There was no, like you had a little bit of champagne and you're feeling mm-hmm, good. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was just sober.
1: Well, it, yeah, it was, it, I, I got there. And the, <clears throat> excuse me, the first thing I saw Amanda and I was like, you look so beautiful. And she was like, please don't say that. And it was one of those where she was like, this is not what I need. And I was so glad you c- could say that to me because I feel like you'd been holding that in all day and you saw someone who would like receive it. And you were like, oh my God, if someone, one more person tells me that I'm beautiful, I'm going to punch someone in the face. Yep. And,
0: um, and it wasn't to explain that in case that comes off yeah (laughs) or that comes off really poorly it it felt like emotionally I felt so disappointed and let down and Uh like scared and lonely and like I couldn't be myself that it felt like my house was burning down and people kept saying like but look how beautiful the sky is right now Mm, yeah I just want to be able to say like this is kind of weird isn't it like this is kind of crazy yeah And it just, it didn't, it didn't turn out that way. So when I saw Molly and when I saw my friend Alyssa, it felt like, oh my gosh, I can actually say like inside I'm a dumpster fire inside. I am like wanting to go cry in the bathroom because I'm so overwhelmed by this. And then also feel shamed, shame because I don't think that I should feel overwhelmed. I should be overflowing with joy. And that brings back like childhood where I'm a kid and I'm sad. Mm-hmm. And people are like, you're a kid. Why should you be sad? Mm-hmm. You should be outside playing. And it's like, I don't, I can't explain depression. Like Mm-mm. I can't explain a chemical imbalance. Mm-mm. I'm sad. Yeah. And I know I sh- quote shouldn't be, yeah. but I am.
1: And that's, I mean, that right there, that whole thing is how I think we've both been feeling for the past like two months. Yeah. And like, it's it's hard. I finally like talked to my mom about it and I was like, I know what I should be doing. I know all those things. I've read all the books. I've listened to all the podcasts. I've done all the therapy, but it's just not happening and I can't force it. Like I know I should be making plans with friends and I know I should be exercising more and I know I should be eating right and staying on a regular sleep schedule and doing all these things. To take care of myself, but it's exhausting. I mean, it's so much and you just feel kind of, kind of stuck in it.
0: Yeah. So what was your, cause I know my, I can kind of clearly see what my turnaround point was where mm-hmm. I was willing to start moving out of it. Mm-hmm. What do you think yours was?
1: Well, the big thing that's been going on for me is work. I started a new job in August at a new school, a new role. And it's been really hard and actually pretty lonely for me because I've been used to working on a team and being part of a, a group and a collaborative environment in my work and having go-to people. And in this new role, I'm alone. And it's hard because I'm, it's not like I'm in a new role alone in my old school where I know the politics and I know the dynamics. So I've spent a lot of time and a lot of emotional energy trying to figure out the politics and I talked to one of my coworkers who's also new to the school and we both received feedback. So, um, I was encouraged to send out a Google form survey and asking for feedback. I know your face is like exactly how my face was. I was like, why am I inviting this? Um, but to like see,
0: and you'd started in September,
1: uh, huh. To do like just kind of an anonymous, like how I think quick check in, like how have things been going, anything you'd like me to continue to do, anything you'd like me to do differently. <laughs> and I got a few responses. Most were like neutral to positive. Yeah. You know, like not effusive. Keep but
0: going. You're in month two.
1: Like, yeah, glad you're here, but like no real feedback so far. And one was just like, they let a rip. <gasps> and I knew exactly who it was. And, um, They said, I mean, they said things that I knew they were thinking and I knew they were telling other people about me. (gasps) And I know it's not personal,
0: but it's about really feel it.
1: It's a, it is so about them. And I've been affirmed so many times that it is not about me. It is about them. It's a them issue, not a me issue, but that really hurt initially. And then I came around to, you know, exactly where you stand with this person now. Oh, you know, exactly where you stand. No more games. No more games. And you can just use that information to guide your interactions with this person. And so that clarity and getting out of myself um, really helped me to have a better perspective about what's going on at work. And I love the kids.
0: And that's who you're there for. And
1: that's who I'm there for. And so just reminding myself of that truth and that kind of thing is has really been the turning point for me what was your turning point?
0: Before that, it's been much of the same, not alone and negative feedback, but being in a new job Mm -hmm. that you are, you're licensed for, Mm -hmm. but you're still getting the experience under your belt. Totally.
1: We're in the same boat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In a very, so we've been like in adjacent careers, but not like, like you've been in schools teaching and you've been studying for this this Mm -hmm. master's in counseling, and now you're applying it. Mm -hmm. I've been in finance working for like corporations and then a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And now I'm working for people. right? And that's adjacent, but it's not. It's different. it's, It's still new. Yeah. And proving yourself in something that's new and having to say like, yeah, I don't know everything right now. But I'm like I've studied and I've passed the exam yes. for this and I am putting my whole heart and energy into this um, to make sure that I learn how to do it right and I, I show up for the people that I'm supporting.
1: Yeah. And that you know the right people to ask and the right places to look and the right, totally. thing, you know, the right, yes, resources oh, to tap into.
0: Oh, yeah. No, that's like the whole the whole gig of why I joined the firm I joined was for the resources because I was so sick of doing it on my own. But um, Sorry, my leg's asleep yeah (laughs) no go for it um so yeah just um building a business and also knowing how to operate the business and also having a husband who is in a brand new field too but can
1: we just for just a quick sec Mm -hmm. bobby passed the bar bobby passed the bar we had to go, Bobby. We had to go, Bobby. Oh, I'm so excited. He for gets him. a big old payday on me.
0: I know. Yeah, I'm real excited about I it. I I'm real excited. So now he's like an actual lawyer and doesn't have anything hanging over his head, and is he did amazing. He did. Like his score is like crazy high. That's and awesome, yeah, Bobby. Yeah, I was like, were you expecting that score? And he was he, probably like, yeah. He he was like, I knew it was possible, but I also knew it was possible to fail. And I was like, oh, you've been you've been carrying that very well for mm. the last few months while you didn't know. Um, I can't relate. <laughs> we could
1: learn something We could it. learn
0: something from Bobby. um and so just feeling like, um, I don't have my sea legs under me at work, yeah. and I really want to, and I really care about the people I'm serving, and I genuinely think I'm gonna be really good at this, just like I feel about you, like you're gonna be really good at this. Yeah. We just need that bats. We just yes. need experience and time and yes. more than we have in our adjacent careers or yeah. you know what we've had from our licensing. But um, the Saturday before the Sunday when we were going to record, um, this drunk driver hit both my car and Bobby's car while we were inside the house. So it was like three a.m. We were safe sleeping, not not there, but we park our cars on the side of the street and mine was behind his. So the, the driver hit mine so hard that it rammed into his and then mine went up onto the sidewalk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was insane. And then the guy just drove off. So we walked out on Saturday morning and I had brunch plans and I had like a really busy weekend. I was like, okay, um, I guess we're not doing any of it Mm-mm. because both of our cars might not be drivable. Yeah. And Yours was so, for sure not drivable. Mine was for sure not drivable. And Is it, it total? Hold on one second. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so Bobby's car could drive, but the whole back part of it was indented and just a total mess. Um, and then Bobby, he had insurance from like his early 20s when he was just a single dude and had no rental car coverage. So he didn't have a rental car.
1: My dad is rolling his eyes right now. Insurance I am... man is like, come oh. on now
0: as a type six on the Enneagram, I'm like, you insure everything. oh yeah, And so um, we're sharing a rental car We're everything's backed up right now. Their Mm -hmm. rental car companies like sold their fleets to make money during COVID. And so they're, everything is on a shortage right now. And so the Lexus dealership said, we can't even get you in for a month. So I hope your insurance covers it, your rental car for that long. So we finally got resolution this week and they are both totaled. So someone hit my car hard enough to co- total my car and the car in front of me.
1: Oh my god! So
0: Bobby and I both don't have cars, so uh, we're both going to have to go buy new cars, and that means we have to reevaluate buying Finances. a home. So we thank God we I hired one of my colleagues to be my financial advisor because Bobby and I come from such different places. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to have someone
1: yeah yeah you walk need us through the that. theater. yeah.
0: So I, I'm paying my basically mentor to do for me what I do for other people. And, um, she was like, yeah, we, we need to reevaluate this because your home pre-approval amount is going to go down Mm -hmm. if you have two new car loans. Mm -hmm. So our, our monthly expenses go way up up. and we don't know how to handle that. I don't. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, just give me the bottom of the line car. I don't care. I
1: mean, that's going to drive like a 15-year-old stripped down Ford Focus. (laughs) That's like maybe missing a hubcap.
0: (laughs) I just might. I just, I want, I was so happy with my car. Like it had no bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. It was bare bones, but it was cute. And it got me from point A to point B. I was like, you and me, it's my ride or die. Mm -hmm. It got me through, oh, I'm just realizing this. Oh, So when I first got sober, everything changed. Like I was living with a boyfriend and I moved out of his house and he kept the dog and my friendships changed and like so much changed. And my joke to myself was, you know, the only things that have stayed with me are my job and my car. And then I left that job. And I think there was a piece of me – that was holding on to the car as like
1: mm-hmm. i'm still my old self
0: i'm still my, i'm still not even like i know i'm a better version of me yeah, today yeah, yeah. but like there's that piece of home yeah there's that little piece of like no that's the first car that i ever bought yeah. and i paid it off myself well, and it, it was
1: the subject of her dad's toast to her at her wedding <laughs>
0: Excel spreadsheets and how long it took me to buy my car were in my dad's toast. I mean,
1: I'm thinking, so here's where my mind goes. It was cute. You just told me that you have a countdown to buy not one, but two new cars. And my mind immediately went to your dad's toast and how long it took you to buy this car that you just alleged to me that you don't really care about. And I'm like, oh my God, we need to wrap it up because <laughs> she, she needs to go. Okay. She needs to be there. It's 8.30 in the morning on Saturday. She needs the, to be there when it opens.
0: The subject of my dad's speech was that when I bought was buying my first car, I got there in the morning and then stayed until it closed because I was looking at all the options on the driving lot. Driving everyone. Driving everyone, which to my memory I only drove like two, but you know, we elevate ourselves in our own memory. But um, it's in line with what I've recently discovered about myself that I hate making decisions. Yeah. Like I don't actually care about what I eat for dinner, but don't make me choose. Yeah. Because then I'm gonna have to evaluate options. I'm gonna right. And, and this is like, I can't, I, there are so many dealerships out there. There are so many car options. Please don't make me choose. Part of me
1: wants to just do it for you because I love this. And you what? know what? I'm. It, this is one of my hidden talents. I got the best deal on my car. I I don't know why. I think it's that they underestimate me and I really go in. I, so I, I leased a car during COVID. And I went in and I was like, this is how much I'm willing to put down, $0. This is how much I want to spend per month. This is the car I want. And I went in and I was like, you can either do the deal or you can't. And they underestimated me and they like really highballed me at the beginning. And I was like, sounds like you can't do the deal I want. And then I left. And three hours later, the guy texted me and he was like, I actually got you a better car. Uh, than the one you drove at your price
0: in no world could I do that
1: I don't know why I just I would be
0: like okay export your inventory list and let's go through it together no no, no.
1: I I can <sighs> I can so if you would like help but obviously I'm not gonna like force myself don't your don't promise something that, decision but this is one of my my skills I know I, I have
0: zero skill in and this. my
1: my dad was like thing. <laughs>
0: But you got what you wanted. I got
1: what I wanted and I actually like care about cars like I really I
0: oh I don't. I, my thing is just it's a big financial decision yes. and around financial decisions I just don't want to feel like I'm wasting my money. Yeah. You know, I fair. don't I don't want to feel like I'm wasting a vacation by not researching the options there. Right. I don't want to feel like I'm wasting money by throwing something at a car and then you know, you find out 2 years later that it's actually you know, falling apart early or, right. you know, you hear all this stuff about cars, totally. but um, all that to say very long tangent of saying, this that is our
1: brains, especially is- <laughs> early Saturday morning brains,
0: early Saturday morning brains. But what hit me during this car fiasco
1: ha. hit you,
0: I didn't even get it. <laughs> no, that's you got good. Hit. That's quick. That's very quick. Thanks. So it hit me that it's so far outside of my control, I yes, that it's almost like you know if it's it's your pretty day and you're gonna like go outside for a walk and it's like kind of drizzling, you can be really frustrated mm-hmm. because there's almost a chance that you could right. go, but if it's thunderstorming, you're like, well, yeah. not an option, right It's not okay, yeah, it's decided, yeah. This was so far out of my control that it was like, it wasn't, I was not in the car. No. There was nothing we could have done. No. We parked on the side of the street because we wanted to be away from the main street. I to... was
1: going to say, and you live in a quiet neighborhood, like oh, in cool. a family I neighborhood.
0: I do. Oh. But yeah, it's just been, it's it's been <laughs> so out of control and yeah. so- It's just been messy. It's been so messy that, on a positive note, it is- Been like a little mini rock bottom.
1: Yeah, yeah, same. Of
0: like, okay, well, then what are you gonna do about it? Cause it's not getting better. Yeah. So, what I've done, tell me. So, I used to go to my morning meeting Monday through Saturday at 7 a.m. And now, because of work meetings, I can't go up every day. I can really only go like twice a week. So, what I've done is basically said, I shouldn't take credit for this. Someone much wiser than me said, What are you doing for yourself? these days I don't know I'm staying alive like that's Mm -hmm. all I can do and she encouraged me to find some little thing that brings me joy that I can do without a big fanfare and I realized like quiet time to myself is a gift to myself Mm -hmm. that is as an introvert oh that's my Mm -hmm. that is my rejuvenation time and I used to do it before I found my 7 a.m meeting I used to do it in the mornings Mm -hmm. I would do a little mini version of morning pages where I would mm-hmm. journal or it would always end up in a prayer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like even if I didn't, all that writing about myself would always end up in turning it over to God. Yeah. And in the day-to-day thinking, not writing, I don't turn it over to God. Yeah. And so I started taking like one or two days a week where instead of going to my meeting, I would sit at home and I would light the Christmas scented candle that is going right now. It's amazing. Thank you for not. Harping me on the fact that it's not like fall; it's Christmas. Oh no! Scented. I'm, I'm thrilled about it. Great. Okay, <laughs> I knew I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the like, I light the Christmas scented candle, and I snuggle up on the heated blanket that I'm wearing right now, and I get myself some coffee, and I've journaled, and it has felt so good.
1: Oh, good! It has felt
0: so good because it's just a little moment yeah. to myself. Because yeah. when I I need that. My introvert self, I need that. I can't work. Like I got home from work yesterday at like 7 and I got to work at 7.30. Mm -hmm. And it's just after a full day like that, I need that time for myself and I can't get it at night. I have to wake up. And I had to sacrifice a morning meeting in order to do it, but I feel more balanced now and a little bit more like I'm on track to figuring out how do you refill yourself? How do you rejuvenate yourself when you're going through hell? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
1: I've been still kind of figuring out what that is for me. I don't have like that one thing that I do, but I will tell you that I started going back to my therapist that I met when I was getting sober and our appointment was last Sunday night at seven and I found myself looking forward to it all weekend Like, really, really looking forward to seeing her. I started seeing her six years ago, right around this time in 2015. And I saw her for three years pretty consistently. Like, first once or twice a week, and then, like, once a month. And then I have gone back to her a couple times, like, as things have come up. And she's just, like,
0: home to me. She's your Lexus.
1: She's my Lexus.
0: Everything's changed except for the therapist. Everything has
1: changed except for Carla. And I love her so much and it's so great because we talk now like therapist to therapist and I'm like, I know what you're doing, (laughs) but she's so great and I just love her. And so that was really helpful. And I struggle because I know working out makes me feel so much better and I can't think of anything else when I'm there and I'm busy and I'm doing things and the endorphins are so real, but I really have to fight my natural instinct because I Have to be at work and like looking presentable at 7 15. Yeah. So the one morning option of class is 5 45 a.m. And I just haven't gotten to where I can do that yet because after school, certain days, I have things like I tutor and I have like things that I do after school. So it's not like I can come home after school most days and be like hunkered down at six or seven. It's like most days I don't get home until 7.30. And so I can squeeze in a workout in my like afternoon routine, but I have to fight my natural instinct on days like yesterday to want to just go home and crash and nap and just be on my couch with my cat.
0: Yeah. TBD on like, if that is restorative or just in, like is it net? Is it self-indulgent or is it taking care of ourselves?
1: Is it yeah? Is it like feeding into the depression monster or is it like really listening to my body? And I could I can honestly make a case both ways.
0: Have you seen the show Big Mouth?
1: <laughs> no, but I've heard of it because my sister-in-law's doppelganger is on it. Okay, Lauren Lapkus.
0: Oh yes,
1: that is my I sister-in-law's doppelganger.
0: Love Lauren Lapkus. So in the show they create characters and animals for different experiences and the depression is a cat. Oh, yeah. And the 8th grader who's going through depression is literally in this padded asylum room and she lays down in a big purple cat that is Maya Rudolph comes and lays on top of her and then she goes, "I think it's okay to rewatch friends for the 8th time." Oh my
1: gosh. That's us.
0: That's us. It's really
1: a hardcore us. That's Except for, really for me, us. it's Gossip Girl and you, it's Gilmore Girls and now New Girl. I
0: just started New Girl again. Yeah. But it makes me laugh and that's a good- It makes me good...
1: laugh too. And it's like, I do feel like a cat because <laughs> I, not, like uh, I've been back dating in the dating world a little bit and it's like, I'm such a cat where I'm like, I only want you around on my terms and then when I don't want you around, I don't want you around at all.
0: You know that you spot it, you got it. Like mm-hmm. if you find something in someone else that really bugged you, you probably have it too. When we first started dating, I was like, Bobby is such a cat and I am such a dog. I'm so social. And then as we started dating, I was like, oh, wow, I'm a cat too. Because uh-huh. I just kind of want to like curl up over here and I want you to be there, but uh-huh. like I don't.
1: Yeah, like a silent, like let's both have our books Yes. And read. I know you you were talking about that with Bobby.
0: Oh, I, I love that. But,
1: but then maybe later I want to hear about what you're reading and I want to tell you about what I'm yes. reading. But like give me a solid hour first.
0: Yes. It's it's the both and because mm-hmm. I love talking to Bobby. He's like my best friend and obviously my husband. And it makes me really happy when we're like reading side by side. Mm-hmm. We're just introverting
1: mm-hmm. together. together.
0: Mm-hmm. Even though he's not really an introvert. We're just mm-hmm. together. Very true.
1: I'm searching for it.
0: You're searching for it. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm searching for that.
0: Mine didn't, and we Fellow can, cat. we can, we can, we can talk about this another time, but I would love to talk about expectations in relationships and how sobriety has impacted that because oh gosh. I didn't text you about this, but There have been certain TV shows that I can't watch because I know that I am like a sensitive little being right now. And a good love story will wreck me. Like it was like the first substance before I found alcohol was this passionate, all-consuming specialness and love. You've talked
1: about it before. Yes.
0: All of that. And there was, an, there was a TV show or a movie on Netflix that I was like, that's going to wreck me. And I watched it and I only cried at the very, very end. And even then, it was like gentle tears. It wasn't a real cry.
1: Why didn't and, you tell me about this?
0: Because. Be honest. Because I wanted to save it for the podcast. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> Okay. Also, we need to wrap up cuz we're meeting our bestie for uh brunch, but I have to say this. This is just really funny to me. We had plans with our friend for for brunch today and we're going to go for a walk too, which is great and it's like so therapeutic and like get me moving. But a man texted me yesterday and she's like it's a lot of together time and I'm that's a lot of talking time and I'm really afraid that I'm not going to have anything to say. So, I'm not going to talk during brunch and our walk.
0: So if she asks me any questions, I'm going to defer (laughs) because I can't, like part of what's fun about the podcast is that we're, we're in real time. Like we've not heard this information from each other before. I know. And so it's like, it's more fun to do it that way. If we say everything and have all of our reactions in person, and then we're coming back and we're like, guess what, Molly, my car is total. Like, it's just not going to be the same. But I, okay, fair. But now she gets that version of like. My car. No, but see, the new person is a new dynamic. I know it's true, and she is extremely thoughtful and she asks is, questions. She asks
1: great questions.
0: She asks really good questions. It's like she cares about you. Ugh. It's weird, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that. It will be a completely different conversation. It's true. But I got nervous that I was like, I'm gonna be all talked out. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to go from, for a walk with Molly and the friend and brunch with Molly and the friend, and then a podcast with Molly and still be able to react genuinely to Molly. Do
1: you know what I was afraid of? What? That I was going to eat pancakes and bacon and probably biscuits and gravy if we're going to Lucky's. We're going to Lucky's. And then I was just going to want to nap. And I was going to be like in a post brunch sleepy time coma and I was going to have no energy. So this is so much better.
0: This is so much better. This maybe, great. Maybe that's the the secret us- to our success is just recording these abhorrently early. Uh, we'll, we'll think about it. Okay. We'll think about it. TBD. Um,
1: but th- I feel like we're back to ourselves. Doesn't it feel good? It feels so good to be back to ourselves. Y'all don't even know how good it feels. If you've been through depression, you, you know, know <laughs> the euphoria that we're feeling right now. But if you've never been through depression, it's a little pink cloudy for our sobriety friends now, but I'm okay um, with it.
0: I'm okay with it, especially because there's no real change in circumstance. Right. It's just us moving through it better. Yes.
1: I'm just happy that we
0: Me too. could
1: process this together and, and alone. Um, yeah. Healthy and sober.
0: And still sober.
1: Still sober. Okay. Until next time. Love you. Love you. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the Life Not Wasted podcast, click the share button and send this episode to a friend that would enjoy it. Word of mouth is the best way to help us reach new people who may need a little encouragement on their journey. Thanks again for listening, subscribing, and sharing the Life Not Wasted podcast with your people. Talk to you next time.